When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Gotta make sure. Hold, st- Hold steady. Hello and welcome to this. It is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby. Doesn't take itself all the game too seriously. I'm JB here in the dungeon after an, an amazing weekend of rugby with Phil. Hello, Phil. Hello, JB. Lovely. Uh, short and sock combination. Yeah, you just caught me lifting. How embarrassing. <laughs> you you were um you couldn't have been more delighted when I walked in oh. to see you lifting with your extremely impressive new barbell and weights. Oh, it, aren't they G- just gorgeous. Aren't yes. they just Bulldog gear. I, I've yet to find anyone in Bulldog gear that wants to sponsor me, but I do love Bulldog gear. <laughs> if you keep mentioning them. Yeah, maybe. Bulldog gear. You know, hit me up. I've even tweeted them, but they haven't actually tweeted from their account for like three years or six years, so they're not on there. We need an in. Yeah, we definitely need an in. If you're in Bulldog gear, I'm your guy. <laughs> yeah, how embarrassing catching me snatching like that. Anyway, uh, and down the line, probably not doing many snatches today. Tim Cocker, what's going on? Hello, gents. Evening. Um, firstly, uh, I just thought I'd say to Phil, JB has one of those ring doorbells, so I bet he was waiting. Oh, Phil's coming. <laughs> Quick, run out. Let's go. Layla, you'll get in the door. <laughs> Spraying myself with olive oil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I am in um, well, a little village just outside Tunbridge in Kent. Mm. I'm just, a close, a stone's throw from the, the, the legendary Tunbridge Juddians Rugby Club. Yeah. Home of, home of Hugo Watson. Mm. Star of the Egg Chasers uh, rugby team. Exactly, exactly. And uh, top try scorer in National One. Yeah. So now, is, isn't that is that not Tonbridge, not Tunbridge? Yeah, there's there's Tonbridge and Tunbridge, and I'm is near Tonbridge, which is what Tonbridge Juddians are. So yeah. Oh uh, right. Tunbridge, okay. There's Tunbridge, Wales, and Tonbridge. Right. So it, it's me. Yeah. My my geography of that part of the world is pretty poor. Yeah, and I was in this part of the world for a christening, and uh, and. Just as you can probably pick up, not feeling great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I decided not to bother travelling back, and I'll just, um, I'll just sit tight. Stay, uh, stay safe, Tim. Well, yeah. Although probably because my job involves talking, my, my Monday to Friday job involves talking. I should probably not be exerting my voice too much when I feel like crap and my voice is. Can they not just gone. get clips of you saying? And here is red hot chili peppers. Surely that'd yeah. be, be easier, wouldn't it? Yeah, actually. And the time. That was, that was George Ezra. Here's, <laughs> here's Bon Jovi. Way! Perfect. <laughs> Travel news weather. 
Um, right. Well, I'll tell you what I've been doing this week. Apart from Snatch. Apart from Snatching. Yeah. Talk H are back in pre-season. Already? Already, right. and it felt good, you know. I, I, didn't think yeah. I, was, I didn't think I was ready to go back to pre-season or coach pre-season. I couldn't have been more... I couldn't have been more less bothered. There you go. That's a terrible sen- sentence for you. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. You're not going to go into depth on your pre-season before we talk about any rugby. Oh, come on. That, that's what everyone no. wants to know about. They want to know about Talk H pre-season. Well, hold that thought. I'll tell you about Talk H pre-season yeah. after we talk about what, 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 exactly. whatever else has happened. That's all I meant, JB, because that's clearly the biggest like sausage that, that's sizzling in our podcast pan right now. <laughs> and we want to save that. Otherwise, people will just listen to that and then... Then they'll just turn off. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. What so. a tease for the end of the pod. Hundred <laughs> percent. So, yeah, what, so uh, go on. Why don't you just uh, uh, you, spare my voice, JB, and do all the do all the housekeeping. Yeah. Okay. Well, you can find us on Twitter if you dare venture into those areas. We are at Rugby Podcast. I'm at JB. He is at Cocker, and Phil will be lurking in someone's DMs. Uh, you can get hold of us primarily on email. Uh, contact eggchasers at gmail.com uh, and you can download this podcast uh, anywhere where you can get well good podcasts and bad and bad podca- podcasts too so, mo- so most providers uh, Spotify as well Spotify very very important allegedly there you go so and if you, and if you, uh, if you appreciate the fact we're the only oh, yes. podcast there for you 52 weeks a year and as we have been for very nearly 10 years then you can hit subscribe or if you really really appreciate it you can go to patreon.com forward slash eggchasers yeah, well, we've put, we've put a lot of content up there recently. Mm. Yeah, we have. Prolific. Uh, 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 let, let me just start, because obviously this is going to be about the summer internationals. I think the most significant uh, game of the weekend, in, in, in the grand scheme of things overall, when you look at the real bird's eye view big picture, an email from Gavin Doyle to contact, contact eggchasers at gmail.com. Okay. He said, uh, I forgot to mention, lads, now that Chile have qualified for France 2023 following their epic win over the USA. There will be three South American countries at the Rugby World Cup, with Argentina and Uruguay already qualified. Hopefully Spain can also get their ban overturned. Either way, Spanish is now the second language of the rugby world. So uh, Gavin is, uh, well, he's our little, he can be our Spanish-speaking... Is he in Mexico? Correspondent. Um, Yeah, I think he is. Pretty sure he he is. is. Yeah. So, but, but the uh, the thrust of his email was "Vamos los Condores." Yeah, uh, is that what huge. they are? Los Condores. Yeah, it's huge. It's an amazing result. I mean, I know nothing about Chile. I had no idea this game has even been played until uh, Chile won. Uh, bad news for USA, though. And I imagine there's some bods at World Rugby who are absolutely terrified. Well, about the uh, future World Cup being hosted in. America. Yeah, I mean, yes. I, yeah, I would assume that if they knew this was going to happen, they'd get Vlad Iannucci on the phone or whatever his name is. <laughs> well, America do have another chance. There is a repertoire. repertoire. Well, yeah. this is interesting, isn't it? So that's exactly what I thought. Are USA out? No, they are not. So they go through to repertoire, which we've been to watch. It happens in November. Is it this November? Uh, it will be because oh, next we could go. We could go on an AJ McGinty road trip. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, yes, absolutely. Now, providing it's not in Marseille, um, <laughs> anywhere but Marseille. Yeah, I'm. I'm very keen to do that for the autumn internationals. Well, we we have been threatening doing a tier two tour in autumn, so maybe we could make it uh, tie it in with the final round of the repechage, like we did in 2018. God, 2018, 2018 four yeah. years ago that was. Oh, yeah, because the is only, is only, well, it's always yeah. before you walk up. 
isn't Absolutely, it? yeah. I mean, we only did, well, we only did Rome, Monaco and Marseille that weekend. Yes. It's quite quite good. Really uh, stamping our carbon footprint on the world. Yeah, well, that weekend. Was, we've got to get our travel, get your travel done now, burn your carbon now before it's all banned. Too late. When I look, when I look back at that weekend, I still cannot believe we managed to get all of the flights. <laughs> we it, we were so it was close. Remarkable. Yeah. The, the first, no, the second. Well, actually, it was it was our third flight, but the the flight out of Marseille on the the morning of the second day, the flight was, and the flight was quarter to seven. We woke up at quarter to seven, thirty kilometers from the airport. Remarkable, and somehow got on the plane. Remarkable. Um, right. Well, do you think many Irish fans will be missing their plane? Uh, tomorrow morning well, yeah. uh, if, if you'll um, let me Gavin that was the second e- email that Gavin sent us okay he was living in Mexico being a fluent Spanish speaker and very proud of his South American brethren um, he also sent us an email saying hi Tim Phil and JB firstly many congratulations to England on their win and very hard luck to Wales both teams have restored pride in their jerseys yes I'm pretty I'm pretty chuffed as Ireland are now number one ranked team in the world. Even the Kiwi fans acknowledge that the best team won the series, Ooh, which is, and this is an amazing stat, the first series win of any team in New Zealand in the professional era. Incredible, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Already looking forward to our game against the French in Dublin next spring. This feels different to when Ireland last held the number one spot before <laughs> the Rugby World Cup in Japan. I was going to mention that. <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, uh, he goes on and then says, uh, I hope that doesn't mean Ireland make their traditional quarterfinal exit. At least these results yeah. should mean a great Six Nations 2023. Have a good summer, lads. Let the boys play. And Gavin is in Guadalajara, which is in Mexico, right? Yes. Now, sorry to go back to our previous conversation. I think we've got a chilly shirt somewhere in this dungeon. We did. Yeah. Yes, because... Um, Where is it? Roberto, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, was it Roberto? It's here. I want to say Roberto. Uh, uh, who came to, our po- came to our podcast in Madrid. Yes. And then... Yeah, I- I'm sure it's not Roberto, but I can't remember. No, it wasn't Roberto. Yeah. Oh, um, well, Los Con Los Condoras or whatever the hell they are. I'm so sorry to R- Roberto. My brain is not functioning this evening. So no, it could be Roberto. He's never going to call us up on it. He'll <laughs> <laughs> come to the next tier two tour and um, have very strong words. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look at that. But the Jersey beauty. Is still pride a place in the in the in the dungeon. So thank you. And I like that badge as well. What JB? You know your birds. What bird is that? That is a condor. Condor. Beautiful. Peaceful, isn't it? Would you have known that if we hadn't already said lost condors? condors. I, I know. I I would back myself to be able to identify almost every bird in the in the UK, if not Europe. That's I, interesting. Uh, that it's like anything that, that involves flight. You're all over. All over. Planes. It. Yeah. Don't know yeah. why. Don't know why. So Ireland. Let's get into this. What a game! Isn't what it? what a turnaround as well. Because I, I said it after the first. Test after they lost the first test and lost the um, game against the Maori All Blacks it, midweek, the first week, I was certain they were heading for a 5 0 whitewash loss. Mm. And the turnaround has been absolutely astonishing. And they, uh, the way that they, in both the second test and this final test, the way that they shut down the All Blacks in almost all facets of the game, kind of forcing them to. Um, have almost like snapshot tries, like the the Will Jordan try. Yeah, was um, a bit of a freak try. Really, <laughs> you rarely find from eighty yards out um, a defense opens up like that, and you've got one on one with the oldest <gasps> man on the pitch who was never fast, even when he was twenty four. Yeah, so 
what Ireland did really effectively is they reduced New Zealand just to a team of very skilled individuals. You know, they remind me of um, oh, like Wasps back in the day when you know they could score from basically any any position. But they weren't a great team, but they were great, great individuals. That's all that New Zealand were. They seemed to have uh, unpicked all of their teamwork, all of their strategy. They were dominant in the line-out. They were dominant in almost every aspect every, of the game. Yeah. They were better coached. That's the way you look at it. They were better coached. And that, that Akira Yuani try and the Will Jordan try are great examples of that. Just, mm. just Yeah, the Akira Yuani mo- try was brilliant. Individual moments of brilliance. A little, um, Dan Sheehan, who's been brilliant this tour, fell off a tackle and he, he will be... He, he will um, be hurting because of that, but one missed tackle and then he goes through three other players. I know. Uh, I, 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 and had had any one of the back three been at the back, Will Jordan probably wouldn't have scored. He just he was through with only Johnny Sexton to try and catch him. Well, he's already yes. ran like forty yards at full pace, and then he's got to go on the outside yeah. of you know. It's a tough ask that, but it's a great try all, all the same. Yeah, it was. It was. He looked fairly comfortable when he knew it was Johnny Sexton. <laughs> he didn't didn't really need to change gear. Uh, he just needs to keep going. But yeah. yeah, Ireland, the way that they, as you say, shut shut New Zealand down right across the board. Their, their set piece was dominant. Their defence was magnificent and repeatedly man- magnificent. And their, their work around the breakdown. And I, I actually think watching the three Ireland games, in the same way as watching the three England-Australia games, I think the refereeing of the breakdown was... I think it's been consistent across the three games, but I think it's been slightly different to um, how most Northern Hemisphere teams... Have dealt with it, and I think mm. England and Ireland struggled in that first game. They both came back uh, with a vengeance in the second and third tests p- uh, around the breakdown, and we saw it with Ty Byrne. I think I think Ty Byrne got six turnovers in this game, three of which were in the last ten minutes in the crucial part of the game. Yeah, uh, and in the England game, Courtney Laws I thought was magnificent at, at the breakdown at crucial, crucial moments, winning turnovers and yeah. penalties. How do you think this game is seen in New Zealand and? You know, I've got to be careful what I say here. I don't want to be taking away anything from Ireland. Do you think the New Zealand public, like, how have lads like Gibson Park, James Lowe, Bundyaki, all lads that New Zealand could have had, how, mm. how have they turned us over? Um, I think there'll be frustration at Foster. Yeah. Because I think, I think you're right. If you name those three and then name, say, the Barrett boys, Sever Reese, Will Jordan, Aaron Smith... Retallick and Whitelock, Ardy Surveyor. Like, these are some of the most talented lads in the world. Yeah. Uh, so ha- so there'll be um, frustration at Foster, m- at least in part, if not entirely, because he is simply not getting the best out of some of the most... Some guys who are unquestionably... We, we've seen these guys hundreds of times. They are some of the most talented lads in the world, but you are, as you said before, JB, a force to be individuals rather than a team. Yeah, yeah, they were... They were completely out. It does also make me think, like, what on earth happened in that first test? You know, what went so wrong? Uh, and you look back at the score. What was it like? A twenty-point defeat. It yeah, was. It was now forty-two nineteen. Now there was at work, and I, I, I said it at the time, but I didn't really believe it at the time. There were Ireland dropped the ball over the line twice, and New Zealand scored a couple of breakaway tries. And if I, I genu- I did not think it was kind of. Uh, rubber the green went with New Zealand and mm. Ireland. Um, Ireland were unlucky to lose. I did not say. That. I did not think that. But there were like looking back at it with the lens that we now have, you can actually say, well, if Ireland dropped those two balls down and uh, there was an intercept and a breakaway try from um, Ardi Surveyor, 
if if there's that's, that's a fourteen point, it's a twenty eight point swing, yeah, fourteen point plus and a fourteen point minus. Are so, they are they the first Northern Hemisphere team to win a series in New Zealand? Well, Tim said before, first first in the professional era. Twenty four years, I think it is something like so that. It's twenty four years since any team has won, any, has, has won two tests. Um, on New Zealand soil, two consecutive tests on New Zealand soil. Oof. It's, it's the first time. This was the first time that Ireland had ever, 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 ever won on New Zealand soil in a hundred plus years. It yeah. is, it, it is astonishing, and it's. Um, uh, Gavin Doyle mentioned it in his email. It, it, so, Ireland jumped to number one in the world. This is the first time since 2019 that they jumped to number one. But it is in very, very different circumstances because in 2019 it was in the run-up to the World Cup, it was in the summer tests or the pre-World Cup warm-ups that kind of unusual results where um, teams are playing against weaker teams and some teams are not playing. Yeah, um, they it just conspired to put Ireland very temporarily at the number one spot in the world. But they they were not the best team in the world at that moment in time, and the World Cup proved it. This this does feel different. Yeah, so there is a few things here which I am left to reflect on. Number one is, Ireland have obviously got this right because they won, but they could have won that third test as well. And I'm thinking now, is this Ireland victory a little bit of a lesson to Leinster, which is you can't just show up at big games and hope it all goes well. You've got to have at least some form coming into it. You've got to have the lads together. So in a way, they, they had to get that first test out out their system in order to, you know, in order to get better. So, I wonder if Leinster can look at this and go, I like... I love it. Like, I love it. How... Is, is the fact I was wrong after week one the reason why I'm right now? Well, they did get <laughs> smashed after week one. And I, mean, I actually think I was still right about that. Because they, they, hadn't, they hadn't played together. I, I, do, I do like it, JB. This, this, yeah. is, this is how it proves you were right all along. I, well, even, I was when, right. Even when you were wrong. I was right. I was 100% right. You know, Leinster went and lost... Two finals. What was two finals? One semi and one, one final. Uh, yeah, let's say two finals, but I, yeah, so, I can't, can't, can't quite remember. It was a semi and a final. Yeah, there you uh, go. And I think sort of Ireland have told, you know, showed them why because you because you need to play together, you need to get it out of your system, and then you can go go and win big games. You need to play one more game, probably. Account, you need to play something. A counterpoint would be the Irish system has facilitated arguably the greatest moment in the side's illustrious history. Yeah. And, you know, you might also say something along the lines of, I don't think Ireland have any... I'm thinking right in saying this. There's not a single player in Ireland that would get into that 15. Can you, can, can, can you think of one? An Irish player that they'd want in that 15 who's not available. Well, uh, uh, sorry, um, what no, you in the Ireland 15. Yeah. yeah. Is, um, it, is anyone injured? Yeah. Um, his name escapes me. Uh, Sounds like a big deal. Ulster winger in incredible form, but he's currently injured. <laughs> no, Balakoon, Balakoon, Robbie so, Balakoon, yeah. and I mean, it's been it's been years since we've we've um, we've seen him. Um, not not Hendo, um, big Stock, tall lad. Stockers, yeah, Stockers, Stockers. It, it seems like years since he's been fit, but I I, I think definitely I, I would have any day of the week I'd have Balakoon over Matt Hansen. So I get, Mac, Mac Hansen, Mac, did, Mac Hansen was brilliant. He did have some great, yeah. But Balakoon is he was the form winger in the Northern Hemisphere. He tore up uh, Toulouse. This he, is he true. Was, he was he is he was on form. But as Mac the Hansen, best, best winger in the world. Mac Hansen strikes me as a test match animal. 
And Matt Hansen does fit into that system very well. Yeah. Very nice hands. He's box box kick chases, kick chases, very, very good. So I guess what I was trying to say hard. did the Irish system allow them to basically get out their best team when they needed it, except for uh, Balakun. Except for Balakun, who, who admittedly plays, uh, he doesn't play at Leinster, basically, so he, d- yeah. he he has to do some of the hard work. Yeah, poor guy. Yeah. I think what I found most impressive about Ireland over the past two, week, two weeks is <clears throat> I New Zealand will have known exactly what they're going to do they have that same off of every break off of every breakdown. They have that same diamond shaped setup with three forwards in an arrowhead and Johnny Sexton sitting out the out out behind. They do it every single breakdown, but every single time, no matter what they did, they got change out of it. Mm-hmm. And they and they managed to just get outside the the seam of the the inside New Zealand defence and they just bah, they battered their way through. Do you think there was a lot of there was a lot of skill and guile, but actually fundamentally. Those last two week victories were just brutality. Yeah, mm. uh, you're right about Ireland. You know, in fact, not just Ireland, almost everybody seems to set up in exactly the same way all of the time now. The pod of three forwards and then someone out, out, out the back. It seems to be ubiquitous across pretty much every every team. I wonder if rugby is due to have a big tactical revolution. Someone is bound to innovate at some point because they all, all the teams look pretty much identical now. Mm, they do look similar. Um, it's then how you, it's how you use it, though. It is how, exactly how you use it. And, and Ireland, much more than many other teams, Leicester Tigers do it, uh, and Ireland are quite similar in the way they use it. But Ireland use their forward runners much, much more than than anyone, really, I've seen using that, just using the three up front. Yeah, it I'm trying. Obviously, all the rugby merged into one as it always does on a, on a Saturday. Did New Zealand? Am I making this up? Did New Zealand come out of the traps and start kicking really high balls at the Irish back three when didn't look necessarily effective or the right option? They, they certainly did a bit of it. There was some some choice uh, Aaron Smith, Aaron Smith, box kicks, which were taken ably by Keenan. Uh, Low and Mac Hansen. Yeah, and I seem to remember two coming from from the fly half too. Uh, Bodie, like, yeah, Bodie off like first phase ball, just booting it as high as he could. Well, that kind of shows um, running out of ideas um, immediately. But, and they, they've had, they've had... Do, you, do you think it's a weird thing to start with though? Because that's what, that's literally what I'm sure they opened up with two of these kicks. I can't, I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember the first two plays. Yeah, well, it wasn't like sorry, it wasn't like the first two plays. It was about five minutes in and about ten minutes in, they started kick, kicking the ball high. I didn't really understand that. Mm. New Zealand have always kicked a lot, and the and the box kick when you're not get the box kick is a, again with all teams playing the same way and tactics being ubiquitous. The if you don't get any change out of uh, a couple of phases and you're sort of going backwards or not getting any ground, then the box kick is pretty much a go-to for everybody. Yeah. And that was the thing. New Zealand's defence was just brutal and New Zealand weren't getting any change. Yeah, well, you say uh, New Zealand kick, kick, kick a lot. They were substantially outkicked by Ireland mm. on the weekend. Yep. Substantially. You, um, well, kicked them, kicked them to death. <laughs> Literally. Literally kicked them to death. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. It was, um, it, I, re- I really enjoyed that three-match test series. I, I thought it was I thought it was brilliant historians and the, the performance and to see see those last ten minutes to see all of the like when when um, 
Robbie Herring, Ulsterman, proud Ulsterman. Oh, um, I maybe maybe, maybe some some of the Southern Hemisphere part of the world. But um, anyway, proud Ulsterman, Robbie Herring crashes over, carrying three uh, All Blacks over the try line, dots the ball down with 15 minutes to go to make it a 10-point lead. Wait, made he mis- was so lucky. Yeah, he was, it wasn't that he. Whole pack, the, the pack were walking over the line. He made a fair play. He made a, he made a call and it came off. I did. I did. So, he could so easily have been a villain. Yeah, I did think when he broke, I was like, that's a bit early for him to go. Yeah, his, um, his career flashed before his eyes then. Like, I'll always be remembered as the guy who ruined the tests for all of Ireland. <laughs> but he didn't. He got, o- he, he got over the try line. But... When so after that, and then New Zealand just started imploding because they they were then put under Ireland did brilliantly to put the ball down into their twenty two and force them to play, and they were getting no change from from that um, oppressive defence when they were being forced to play. But to see that, to see New Zealand implode, and the scenes on the Irish touchline with Peter O'Mahony um, in, in tears, I think he was. With the, with emotion and all of the players and not just the the um, guys on the subs bench or the guys that have come off, but the the full squad because this this was a huge squad as well because of the yeah um, Mario Black games. They were, this was a forty five man squad that was just partying. They, no, no other way to describe it. This what, this was enormous. What exactly is the advantage of taking a forty five man squad? I mean, I know they've got it's the midweeks. It's but... the midweeks. That, that's it. So um, if you watch the first press conference with Andy Farrell. Um, that that is what he said. It's biggest biggest travelling squad because of the the midweek games and because you've oh, got I wonder what midweek games between the second and third test as well, which is the most attritional yeah. time. I just wonder what they saw in those. I, I wonder what advantage they saw in playing those midweek tests. I mean, they've obviously planned this meticulously. They have. It's probably because they'll have to do it in the World Cup next year. Because you have you often have in the group stages, you'll have a, a, a four, four or five day turnaround. Yeah, but I guess you would take a smaller squad in a way, then, wouldn't you? In order to get the players Mate. used to going, you know, one game to the next, the next Mate. with quick turnovers. They're coming back to Ireland with a historic series victory. I think whatever they did, like, let's not question the. No, I'm just interested to know why. Any... Like, I can't remember the last time before this tour that I've seen midweek games. Yeah, um, it, it doesn't... cost so much money to take all those lads over. It doesn't happen very often. No. God, in- England did it. God, they did it when South um, Africa. Ed, Ed Slater. I, this, I'm talking years. I'm talking about six or seven years ago when Ed Slater captain. I think Trey captained the team against the Crusaders in a midweek game. Oh, that might have that been. One. Yeah, yeah. The the game I'm thinking of was when England had a two test. A England A went over, which used to be England Saxons, and then went back to England A. And it was Will Addison. It was. Uh, Mike, Mike Haley played. Mike Haley. It was not Sam James. Or was it Sam James? Maybe. Maybe Sam James. One of them didn't play, and I can't remember which one of those three it was. What? Maybe Addison didn't play. No, Addison did play, because he, he he was described by the commentator as running like a Labrador. Uh, <laughs> like a Labrador. <laughs> like a Labrador. <laughs> I've, I've just looked. 2014, uh, England did play the Crusaders, and hammered them, 38-7. Take that, Crusaders. Break yeah. down that, Robinson. I think your point, Phil, is very pertinent. It was it would have been a deliberate choice with the World Cup in mind. And yeah, could prove to be very wise. Although I, I also take JB's point that you only have thirty-one guys in a World Cup, yeah, so, so it is, it is slightly yeah, different. But, it, but well, well, in that in that sense, you've got they've got they've had a chance a year or so out from a World Cup to get everybody that 
could potentially all and will be involved in the World Cup. Yeah, so I, I thought together. I thought maybe they want to find out what these lads are like are out on tour. Are they good tourists? Are they good team guys? But with the URC, you go on tour all the time anyway. So I guess they'd already know that as well. So I'd love to know what the official line was, why they, why they thought these games were necessary. But I'm glad they played them. Mm, oh yeah, fantastic! I'd quite like to see more mid. I'd like to see more midweek games. Yeah, yes, but um, you've got you've as as with everything in rugby. You've got this tension between um, player welfare and um, the spectacle. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And we'll talk a bit more about player welfare n- n- uh, in our next podcast. But, you know, the only aspect of player welfare I think I would go for, I mean, obviously, you know, outside of the medical care and whatnot, is less games. Yeah. That's the only, that's the only possible solution. Yeah. Uh, Agree with that. I I think I think fewer games is is the way to do it. But, but then all all bigger squads and which which would be bigger salary caps. So that that is, yeah. a, that, is another, that is another option, but it's one that's a lot harder to do, obviously. But anyway, we don't need to go down that. Uh, and that you you do you you kind of dilute the product as well a little yeah, no, bit. No, doing no, I it. agree. Because I like agree. You, if you go and watch, um, <laughs> let, let's say um, Liverpool, because they are one of the best teams in football. If you go and watch Liverpool. For the last few years, you've known who's going to be playing. Yeah. In in, 90, in 35 of the 38 games of the season, in Premier League games, you kind of know what the squad is going to be. If, if one player will get rested, one in 10 games, something like that, or, or even, even more rarely. Whereas in rugby, you don't have that luxury anyway. You can't have it, um, partly because of injuries, partly because it's so attritional. And if you solve the problem by um, bigger squads, but the same number of games, then that problem just gets worse. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. That's cool. Um, but back to Ireland, just, I, I just, I love the Tyburn story anyway, being yeah. a ditch from the Leinster Academy, going off to do his own thing in Wales, thinking about not playing rugby at all, making his way back to the Ireland team, and then just, what a game. Yeah. What a game. But what had. a career. I mean, he's really done so much stuff. For a guy who wasn't really supposed to make it, who wasn't noticed by... Various scouts in Ireland. It's just, it, it, it's been incredible. I, he doesn't seem to, there does not seem to be a challenge which is too great for him. Well, it's, it's, it's not that he wasn't noticed. He just, because he, he played for Leinster. Wasn't very, wasn't, wasn't yeah. very good at that. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't good enough at that age. Yeah, and it's it's quite remarkable. The eight, So, I'm just, just looking. So, he played four games for Leinster in 2015 and 2016. Now, that's that's only six, seven years ago. Yeah. He's thirty now, so he was he was early. He was twenty three, twenty four when Leinster had a look at him and decided not for us. Thanks, but no thanks. And then obviously went went across to Scarlets was um, very very impressive for for Scarlets in a very short space of time for a couple of years, and then came back to Munster and became a British and Irish lion. And that <laughs> that is the like that is the form he's playing in at the moment. He was absolutely spectacular in. What he does on this tour, yeah, and and he, and he does a lot of things because he's he's athletic. His lineout's brilliant. He can cover um, four, five, and six. His work at the breakdown for a guy who is a is a big man and certainly a tall man, six foot six and one hundred and fifteen kilos. Um, his work at the breakdown is uh, better than almost anyone. Yeah, on the planet, his more work is great. His lineout stealing is great. Yeah, there is just so many things to like about the guy. Yeah, fantastic, I just, fantastic yeah. tour. Yeah, I, I, it's just still it still astonishes me until twenty four. They were like, nah, I'm not really twenty twenty sixteen release from Leinster. 
2016. Yeah, 2016. He's 24. It happens many times, mate. Where name another one. Sorry. Name another one of similar standing. I'm not of similar standing, but it happens all the time. Not of similar standing. That's why it's amazing to get to the top like that. Well, yeah. So that's how I started up. But rather than focusing on the like, oh, Leinster, I can't believe they did that. You just go, well, no, actually. No, you don't look at it. How like, amazing like is that, that. on Tyg Ty Burns? No, 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 no. The, the, moral, the moral of the story is not Lancer's stupid as he letting him go. The moral of the story is how amazing it is to come back yes. from, from something agreed. like that. Agreed. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that, that's what's amazing. Yeah, agreed. It's like Mark Atkinson finding himself in Bedford and thinking, oh, not sure if this ropey thing's going to work out, and then dominating yeah. it. Um, that's brilliant. Well, um, Gloucester and going to England. Look at, um, God, I forgot his name again. Oh, I forgot someone else's name now. Um, uh, Scotland 13 currently at Gloucester Chris, Chris Harris. Harris yes who um, well, I played against him when he was playing at Tyndale <laughs> aged he must have been aged 20 or so you ran through him and round him didn't you from uh, what he was definitely What's the best he was definitely the best player on the pitch he oh played, was he he played 15 um, that that day and he was very very good oh was he yeah oh excellent he was fast uh, hit, hit good lines very strong very good under the high ball he he was he stood he he did stand out admittedly ah, but he wasn't but he's got to be a British and Irish lion yeah same as same as Tyburn yeah. so if um so if this is a peak for Ireland before their inevitable quarterfinal at a Rugby World Cup it's a pretty fun <laughs> peak to go through as for New Zealand could this potentially be a good thing Depend, depends what they do know. well. <laughs> No is the answer. I mean, I think, I don't know what, I, I think the temptation is to get rid of Foster. Now There'll be a lot of people itching for that. Yeah, 100%. Now, the reason this is a problem is because New Zealand rugby is so deliberate and so organised in how it appoints its all-black coaches. You can see this lineage all the way back to Graham Henry. Yeah, yeah. And just one replaces the other. And, you know, you know that whoever's in the Kiwi backroom squad, uh, staff now is probably getting a, an amazing education in exactly what they need to do. And then that will be the next guy and that will be the next guy. Although, interestingly, with New Zealand, they do seem to be feathering their nest somewhat in the, um, not regions, what do they call them? They're not regions. Provinces, not provinces. Not provinces. Uh, the things they have. Yeah. The things, the teams. Can't remember what you call, call them, though. Franchises? Franchises. Call them the franchises, right? Yeah, let's call them that. Yeah. Everyone, everyone knows what we mean. We're regions, provinces. Yeah, so, so, same, same. Um, you know, they bought, they bought Gatlin back in because I think they want him to have uh, some sort of grounding in New Zealand rugby. They've got Scott, Scott Robinson. Uh, they've got a hell of a lot of talent across all of the provinces, <laughs> whatever they are. Those different areas. Those different the areas part, of New Zealand. Part, what the hell are they the called? Islands. Have I got this wrong? <laughs> what are they called? Franchise? It's, they're not franchises, though. Do you not? Do, do you not think? Yeah. Do you think this is a, a, a purely a coaching issue, or do you think that perhaps their fifteen best players aren't as good as Ireland's fifteen best players? I think it is a coaching issue, actually. I think I I, I do think it is a coaching issue because I'm not. Sh- I don't think that the Ireland fifteen man for man are better. Yeah. I but I think they are. I think they are much more cohesive and much better coached. And I, that's... Think, I think Ireland's pack is significantly better, man for man. Uh, oh, there's, only couple, world... there's only a couple of New Zealanders I'd take. Retallic? Retallic and Whitelock are world-class locks. Ardy Surveyor is one of the most talented back rows 
on the planet. Ricky Iwani. I'd take I'd take Retallick and um, Cody Taylor. It's quite probably good. one of the, the Hooker. Dean Cole's Lock, coming off the bench. And um, where would you like? But yeah, Ardi Surveyor probably would have. Ardi Surveyor's undeniable. Then, Sam Kane's the captain. Yeah, I, I wouldn't you, have. I wouldn't have Sam Kane. I wouldn't over Van der Sam Fleer, Kane's actually. another. I, so Sam Kane's an interesting so, one. Yeah. So you got two and a half. You got two and a half. Possibly, probably. Carry you on. Half out of the pack. Three, three or four. I, I, th- I think. I think the packs are pretty even. Uh, but man for man. Yeah. Pretty even. I think the back line. The New Zealand back line is more talented. Yeah, because yeah, because but they're, but they're not playing as better. They're not playing better rugby. They're not as cohesive. They're not as well coached. Yeah. Yeah, so by getting rid of Foster, you're sort of blowing up, aren't you, all of the lineage left by Hansen and Henry. I just don't know if that's a great idea. Well, I mean, I, if he goes, it's a serious problem. I, I think I, I think it's the right thing to do. I, I'm normally not um, getting rid of the coaches. I, I think it is. And I, I kind of said it when he first got appointed. It's It does feel that, that lineage, it feels too deliberate. Yes, yeah. and too cultivated and planned. Um, the the two guys who could or arguably should have got it would have been Gatland or Scotty Robinson. Yeah. Now the argument against that is everybody else in the world does Robertson. it. Yeah, yeah. They, they they do it by just appointing the best coach of the best club domestically or the best talent available, rather than map it out. And New Zealand have had some tremendous success with this, but you know, they, in the past, have, have they? Who was the guy before? Um, Henry. Henry. Ooh. I want to say it's... Uh, no, I'm not going to say the name, because if I say the name, I'm wrong. It looks really well, stupid. So, not, John Mitchell was there. John Mitchell was there, but there was someone before else. Before that. Not Wayne Smith. No, Wayne Smith, was, I don't think, was ever head, head coach. Was he? Don't know. Anyway. I mean, uh, we're going back. Because Graham Henry, anyway, does, does, Graham does Henry took over in, what, 2005? Yeah. yeah. Three, uh, 2004, 2005, around then? Yeah. Anyway, I guess I guess the point is, could New Zealand take this wound and turn it into something it's valuable? A, yeah. Because think, look at mm. South, look at South Africa mm. a, a year and a bit before the last World Cup. Yeah, but it's so hard to say, isn't it? It's not like New Zealand were terrible; <laughs> they were not a bad team. Yeah. So, uh, would you, do you take the risk of going backwards by appointing a new coach with his new ideas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I want that a but, year out from the World Cup. Yeah. But this is what New Zealand do and what England do not do, which is take losing seriously. They take it very seriously. And I I think, um, without directly answering your question, Tim, will New Zealand still be a threat at the next World Cup? Absolutely. They can be, yeah. they can be anyone, anyone on the day, regardless. Um, they, could, they could beat Ireland tomorrow uh, if things went their way. They could beat any team in the world. So they will still be devastatingly difficult to beat at the next World Cup. Yeah, problem, I guess the problem they've got is talented as their players are. You're right to point that out. When when you look at the teams that won a World Cup, and you have um, and the one in particular I'm thinking about is the net, the name I can't remember. The centre that Conrad Smith was like glue that just held that whole team together. He was yeah. just a, an unbelievable Rolls Royce of a guy. Mm. And you, Kieran Reid and Richie McCord, generational talents. And um, I just, uh, as talented as their backline is, which I completely agree with you, other than Bowden Barrett, I don't, I, I don't think they have like that real elite, like Conrad Smith level. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I, I think what the one you mentioned there, 
and one we mentioned before, and I think we were going to go in this direction, would be Sam Kane. Mm. So Sam Kane, as much as they want him to be Richard McCaw, is not Richard McCaw. Yes. Uh, as, Peter, as Peter Romani uh, pointed out last week. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He is... He, he, there is a big drop-off. And, and he's not even... Well, he doesn't stand out against someone like Josh van der Fleer or... or He's not even Michael Hooper. Uh, Michael, uh, I say even Michael Hooper. Michael Hooper is a world-class player. I, I love Michael Hooper. He's one of the best uh, sevens of all time. Mm. But he's not. He's nowhere near that that category. No, no, he's, he's not. He's not he? a. Um, he's not a Peter Steftatoy or Sia Khaleesi type guy. And he's not a Gregory Aldrit. Um, he's, he's all of these. You start listing the kind of the best back rows across the world. He's, he's not in the conversation. Yeah, not, I'd, I'd have Hamish Watson. Um, ahead of some came. There's about four four lads in Wales that you probably yeah have. yeah yeah. Uh, Tommy Raphael yeah. <laughs> There's loads of them. And then on here's... pure talent alone, he just I just don't think he's up there. Yeah, and so here he on, is. On, all... I'm sure hard work and work ethic and work rate and all of that stuff. I'm sure he's off the charts. Yeah, but on talent, yeah, and it seems like you said before, it's this contrived sort of planning process of this is going to be the, the captain lineage. and yeah the lineage and uh, look it's worked fine they're going to be a threat they're in they're, they're, they're okay but it'll be interesting to see, see what they do with Foster because if they fire him that is a very clear message that they take losing very very seriously yeah can I just um, just make one observation on the game which dovetails with last week I think it will be a reason why New Zealand fans are slightly sore although I think they will recognise the best team won um, but I love the way that Wayne Barnes officiated some key decisions. Which ones are you thinking of, mate? For example, the one that could have been a red card. Yes. um, But was given a yellow. Um, Unlike last week when, in the incident we talked about, where the New Zealand prop got, the replacement prop got the red card. Uh, I love that Wayne Barnes gave a yellow for that. Um, Just showed a little bit of nuance. Um, I just, I think... Nuance is possible even within the hard framework that the referees are given. Yeah, I, and I I agree with that being a yellow. I think there's others that we've seen that are similar, uh, like the Saracen scrum half in the f- final against Leicester. Alan Davis, yeah. Yes, which <laughs> that that was red all day long that was given as a yellow, whereas this was a yeah. uh, more, uh, yeah. what was the phrase? Did you say passive? I can't remember. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, it was absorbing tackle. Absorb- that was it. That was the phrase. Absorbing tackle. Yes. So I, I quite like that. I think yeah. I think it was the right call. And also, just to raise an interesting point via one of our emails from our wonderful listeners, contacttechchasers at gmail.com, Tom Cop says, uh, Gents, can we please put this bollocks about second playmakers to bed? The two best teams in the world right now are France and Ireland. Neither team play with what you would call a second playmaker in the back line. Mm, either, interesting. Either, either centres or fullback. Mm. He says, you, you could argue both Gibson Park and DuPont are petit general and offer some playmaking skills, but that ruins my argument, so I'm going to largely ignore it. <laughs> uh, Ireland actually lined up this weekend with two hard carriers, neither of which is famed for their playmaking abilities, although they both have excellent hands to make good decisions. France also used Dante to get momentum before going wide. The tactic of carrying hard, getting over the game line, and then moving the ball wide to exploit a defence on the back foot is by no means innovative or complicated, but when done well, almost impossible to stop. Yeah, he's very. And then, and then he makes right. a comparison with, with England and, um, in their game. So, and then to, just to finish it, because you'll like this, uh, I'll jump a couple of paragraphs, and he says, 
I think what I'm saying is get rid of the playmakers and get some ball carriers in. So England's midfield for the autumn has to be Ford, Tio, Burgess with Mano on the bench. Yes. <laughs> Ford, Tio, Burgess. Oh, the dream. One day. One Tio, day. Bur- you could have uh, Brad Barrett on one wing, Jamie Noon on the other wing. I still love that Australian advert. You know, the one where... Um, the one we played the other day yeah. uh, when England won the whitewash against Australia. What do you know about Ben Teal? <laughs> <laughs> what a line. Love it. I, I I think that is a very, very good point. Very astute point. Um, with no no playmakers at no, one and two, France and Ireland. It's yeah. interesting. Yeah. No, well, no second playmaker. Sometimes, I mean, I guess uh, one, part of that email sort of really put it into context, which is it's not really that... Um, there's not really much innovation involved. Big men get 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 over the game line. Certainly, that's exactly what France do. Exactly yeah. what France. If, do. if you've got uh, well, Dante and Fiku. Yeah, Fiku, Fiku is he's a brilliant, elegant runner who can play on the wing. He's also yeah. like 105 kilos and six foot three. And that's he, a smash he can, yeah, he can go route one if he wants to. Yeah, he do whatever he wants. Um, he, the, sometimes we, I guess we just over uh, overcomplicate it. So yeah, uh, completely agree with that. Um, well, well done, Ireland. Yeah, well done, Ireland. Now we we had a really interesting conversation, didn't we, about um, overrated captains shoehorned into positions where <laughs> there are uh, many, many players better than them <laughs> in other nations. Uh, do you want to talk about England versus uh, Aus- uh, Australia, Tim? I know you don't like Michael Hooper, but that is an unfair <laughs> allegation, JB. Because <laughs> Eng- England's captain, let me point you out, is uh, Courtney Laws. Oh, oh yeah. he is, yeah. <laughs> the only yeah, what playing playing, you playing out about Courtney like that playing how, out of position. <laughs> Whoops, how, GB. How can you speak about Courtney like that? Sacrilege. Yeah. Well, the only the only decision I've really agreed with with uh, with Jones is um, is removing the couple of the captaincy from Farrell, so he can take credit for that. Well, now, he, he didn't he didn't have to remove it. Um, Big Courts was captain in. Six Nations when, when yeah, Farrell was they, injured. They had to have the chat, though, didn't, didn't, so, didn't they? They had to have the chat. He just retained it. It's interesting. Did you, did you hear his post-match conversation where he listed four leaders from the starting 15? No, I did not. Did you hear that, Tim? Uh, who's, who's chat, sorry? So, Which one? Eddie Jones, Eddie. Eddie Jones Eddie. post-match said, yeah. great to have a leadership group, and he listed four. Yeah, people. he listed, if I'm not mistaken, it was Courtney, obviously. Yeah. Obvs. Genj. Yes. Okay. Uh, Farrell. Yes. Um, and, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, that's and a young guy, this. It's not them. What was the fourth one he named? Was it Freddie? It wasn't. No. Yeah, well, it's not the back. Our, our Lord and Saviour, Freddie, that is. Mm. Yeah. Um, I lived on the... On JV, the... JVP. <laughs> MVP. No. MVP. It not not Jimmy. It, it was one of the starting fifteen. Oh, I don't know. Uh, Hill. No, it, it really really surprised me. The other one he listed was Jack Noel. Yeah, okay, because you need a back, don't you? And he is probably the most experienced back. Well, you mentioned Farrell, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than yeah, Farrell. but outside back. But, but, is... but I guess that, that like Fat Noel is what he's probably twenty eight. Yeah, European, a, European a... Cup winner, been around for years. Yeah, uh, British Irish Lion. Yeah, it's a great shout. I'd, yeah, yeah. It, it just it struck me as interesting. Anyway, yeah. So and also when you also when you look at that, just just jumping back a second, this is maybe where again going back to when Eddie identified that maybe there was a Saracens clique. 
he would that's Northampton covered, Saracens covered, Leicester covered, and um, uh, Exeter. Exeter covered. Yeah. yeah. So, it's, so it's spread across four different teams as well. And and Genji's really spread across two different teams, Leicester and Bristol. Exactly, yeah. Yes, yeah, in 100%. the same season. Yeah. Uh so yeah, lots to talk about in this game. A lot of it negative, I'm not going to lie. I I really do not like the treatment of Danny Kerr. Uh, I'm sure you could see this as a tactical mass uh, tactical masterpiece. I just don't think you should treat players in that way. I understand if it happened once and Eddie what? Jones well, so Eddie Jones removes players in the first half. He's done it three times noticeably to Ezekwe, uh Harrison, Harrison, Harrison. And Big Luth. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, how on? Did Ezekwe come on? No, no, I, Ezekwe got Shepard Shepherd crooked against South Africa. Tamana Harrison and Luther Burrell ha- had it happen against Australia. Australia, yeah. And, and then now Danny Kerr. And I don't like it, you know. Um... I don't like it one bit. It hardly ever happens. This guy's done it four times. Don't think it's good for the player. I, I think it tells you that he's got the selection wrong to start with, um, if that's really how he feels. Uh, and it just, you know, if if Eddie Jones was judged by the same standards that he judges his players by, he wouldn't have a job. And that's what I hate. It's like this, like hip, the, the hypocrisy of the thinking. Uh, you say hypocrisy. He, what would you rather he, he he'd have done? Well, you know, if it's all right for Eddie Jones, say look. Uh, we're building for World Cup, mate. You know, th- th- this is you know, or as he said in the what was the competition which is in the autumn, the Nations Cup thing type. You know, the one after COVID. Uh, yeah, we're only focusing on on, on our defence, and he's got all of these inbuilt excuses, which is why things take time. I just think you know, if you've given Danny Care the nine shirt, change him at the normal time. You know, like sixty minutes. You know, after. I find that a bizarre thing to. But four say, players, four players, he's just basically thrown in the bin. Well, and you never see okay. him again, and it's not good. Well, well is it's interesting that I'm saying you know, I, yeah, when true. I said what would you rather he did, you said he should have brought him off at fifty or sixty minutes, even if at thirty-five minutes he identified this isn't going well, and Danny Kerr's having not a very good game. Yeah, people. He, he should he's have obviously... done it. just just to be fair to Danny Kerr, he should have kept him on for another twenty-five minutes. Uh, I think that when you've got. Uh, just it, it doesn't speak well of this of, of 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 the selection to start with. I mean, if he's got it that wrong, he needs to remove. You need to remove I, a, I, a I can take that. I can take that point, but like international rugby is a ruthless place. It is. Playing, it is. And if, well, and and the coach makes a change, which has a positive impact and helps the team win. Then, well, but the welcome. negative impact was getting the selection wrong in the first place, and you know, I just hate the way that it. Yeah, you know, it's it sort of. I don't know. It is very negative. I'm fairly pro player. Uh, I think it's semi disrespectful. He's done it four times. Ezekiel did come back actually mm. afterwards, but it took took him some took him some time. And I just don't think the coach is held to the same high standards that the players that the players are, are held to. And I think that's a problem. So there's there's, there's plenty more positives to talk about this game because you said you're very negative so do you want to get any more negatives yeah. out of, out so of your system another thing which really concerned me was the dip in england's performance around 60 minutes the positive was they didn't fold so every single game in this tour around 60 minutes have started to struggle and it's inexplicable to me why that might be uh i've you know i have um theorized that it might be you know the conditioning or something but you know i don't, I don't know but every six <clears throat> around 60 minutes in, into the game they start conceding tries and they start to look fragile. And they did look a bit fragile against uh, Australia. Credit to them, they pulled through, and that is that is important. That is important to note. 
But yeah, that was just another one of those, another one of those annoying things. And they did actually look a little bit fragile when Australia went at them. And I'm pretty sure this Australia team is not that good. I, th- I think this Australia team, I've been very impressed with this Australia team. Now, whether whether this Australia team would hold a candle to um, Ireland or France, uh, I'm not that sure. No, but, I don't think they would. Well, actually, saying that, they beat France last year in a yeah, three-game series. Say, here, here's some context. They were the they finished second in the Tri-Nations. Beating um, South Africa twice. Second out of three? Beating South, beating South Africa twice. Okay. So the team uh, and second out of four because it's, yeah, it's Rugby Championship. Yeah, but, yeah, but when you said Tri-Nations, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't resist yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, nice. Um, uh, second out of four, beating South Africa twice. And you've already, you've already said New Zealand have got big issues. So um, I, I don't know what you think about South Africa, but Australia were better than them last year. And in a three-match series, they beat France two-one. Yeah, they did. They did. They did. So I, I don't think you. I don't. I think it is. I, I don't know on what basis you're judging. It's not a, a good just, Australia team. Just the eye, just just the eyeballs test. If you just you know, if you're looking at teams, do do you think this team right now in a neutral ground would beat New Zealand? No, France. No. Uh, you know, when they come up to northern to northern hemisphere for their tests, do I think they'll do well? Nope. So I, I, I've been I've been very impressed with this Australia team, particularly with the adversity. And when they when they start playing, when they were able to break England down to the point that they could start playing, they were really clinical. Yeah, and they, they were they were far more clinical than England were across the the course of these three tests. But they weren't given many chances because England overall, not at all times, but overall, had the measure of them. So I, I I've been impressed with this Australia team, and I think they'll be. I think come the World Cup next year, they will be dangerous. Yeah. I, think they, I think they can beat almost anyone on their day. I think they are yeah. very good opponents for England. They really play into England's strengths. Um, England had to still go down there and beat them, you know. But uh, I say the good opponents for them simultaneously. That means they're going to be quite bad op- opponents for them. It'd almost be better if you know they went over South Africa and got absolutely hammered uh, three three nil, so they knew where their weaknesses were. This is a. I think this is a better Australia team than England played in 2016 in the three game series. Okay. Uh, yeah. comf- comfortably a better Australia team. I, I would agree with that because in 2016, the 2015 World Cup, they kind of had the some of the, uh, the Gitto AAC, Drew Mitchell, yeah. s- swoop in uh, and then yeah. swoop out. Yeah. yeah, and also on that team, well, I think the biggest difference in the Australian team and maybe the thing which is really keeping them together is the coaching of Dave, of Dave Rennie. I think he's a very, very astute, very good coach. Uh, that, the, the and, it's all about, and, it's, and it's more about the coaching than the players, isn't it? So England, fantastic job to beat such a well-coached team. Yeah, <laughs> I would. I wouldn't be so. Look, I'm not an England fan, so I'm looking at it from a completely neutral po- point of view. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah, completely, completely neutral. I, I'm not swayed by the investment you've put into Eddie Jones being terrible. I don't, no, I, I think he's one of the best. I think he, I think he'll go down as one of the great all-time coaches. I just think think he has the answers for England. Now. I think that is done. I think you look at everything about that 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 setup. It looks tired. It looks a bit shabby. Everything is. I don't know. It's not good. It's not good. Even though they were in Australia, it's not good. So, Tim, we've we've listened to JB's negatives, which um, coincidentally are. Um, very similar negatives that he's been trotting out since about 2018 and downfall. But mm-hmm. um, should we talk about some positives of the this game and the the tour? 
tour as a whole for, from an England perspective and maybe from an Australia because as I said I, I do think they've 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 done well in pretty difficult circumstances given just the sheer number of injuries yeah. they've had at difficult times. Yeah, and it's good. A good Australia is great for for world rugby and yes, like you say, every single time a player goes down they find someone else who slots in and does a great job and I, I think they will be very dangerous and I'm positive about them and that's why I am not getting ahead of myself but nevertheless I'm very very happy with a series win in Australia which as I say a year ago even France couldn't manage mm. and uh, I'm, I'm very very happy about that I'm not getting ahead of myself but to focus on the positives the defence of that England team was back to Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Grand Slam winning and World Cup final level defense. Mm-hmm. I, I, I thought that they were, they were immense. And you've got, you've got to remember, um, for context as well, is probably the two players, England's two best players, the two that would be highest in contention or certainly up there with maybe Courtney Laws and Owen Farrell as well, highest in contention for a World 15, Mario Toji and Tom Curry were not there. So the mm. will will be better than, than it was as well. And that as a, as a baseline level, I think is great. And right. I think that there is work to do with the ball. Um, yeah, I think you made a really important point there about Tom Curry, Tom Curry and, and, and Mario. I think that this actually might be the most important aspect of the win is winning without those guys, particularly Mario. Yeah, and can I say I've I've not I've thought he was good, but I've not thought Johnny Hill was quite the. I mean, I was saying earlier, I, I don't know if Johnny Hill's quite good enough that I wouldn't rather have. At that point, Tom Curry and Sam Underhill were available. I said I wouldn't. I'm not sure I wouldn't rather have Courtney Laws in second row. And have Cunderhill and Johnny Hill on the bench. Mm. Actually, I've got to take that back now because Johnny Hill was immense. Yeah, he does a really good impression of a big lock, <laughs> doesn't he? And you know, he is a million times better than, say, Charlie Ulls. That's, that's fine. Uh, he is probably the perfect foil for Mario Toji. Maybe sometimes a little bit irresponsible with his actions on on the field. Mm-hmm. That would be my criticism of him, but he's a flipping good player when he gets it all, well, all together. Well, I, w- I would just say that on, on his front, and I think this is demonstrative of of what England are building, which is a lot of good, talented young guys who haven't had years and years of experience, but are stepping in uh, and doing the job. Johnny Hill was a great example because I thought he was immense. And the sheer presence of Johnny Hill doing what he did, all that grunt work, meant that Courtney Laws was able to have one of the best games of his career. 
Very, yeah, he was very, very, very effective. Very effective. But he was he was only very effective because there were other people on the team doing a lot of the work that Courtney Laws would have been doing. Yeah, yeah. I, I say this about Northampton. But Northampton struggle because they have to have people like Tamona Harrison and Courtney Laws not doing Courtney Laws and Tamona Harrison stuff. They've got to do really hard graft around the field. It makes a huge difference when you can remove that load and, and let them go hunting for the ball. Mm. I, th- I thought Courtney I, and Johnny Hill actually to be doing what they were doing right up to the 77th, 78th, 79th minute with the the steal, the turnover that effectively won the game for England. For th- those two boys to be doing that at that time was mightily impressive. Yeah. Big courts were just huge. Some of his tackles, some of his tackles in the, the wide channels as well. When he chops... Guys who are much faster than him down in those outside channels is just amazing. He seems to be um, obviously there's a bit of an Indian summer aspect to his career now, uh, but he's getting a load of these moments, uh, defensive, um, like uh, iconic defensive moments. There's a, I can't remember who it was. He hunted down into the corner, which is ace. It was Toulouse Vianu uh, back, right. back in autumn against Tonga. Yeah, there's just uh, quite 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 a few decent highlights now. And, and JB, don't you also just kind of really enjoy that that some of the rugby bloggers who really hated Courtney Laws just kind of have to pipe down? Oh, completely. <laughs> wait, a beautiful thing. Wait till he lands in the UK in the next few hours and starts commenting on the to- on the Conservative le- leadership race. <laughs> They'll lose their mind. <laughs> Well, you've got, you got to be careful. We are obviously talking about Courtney View's uh, rugby performances now, not his views on yeah. uh, marital status and any anything else. Not, not his views on uh, 1970s Porsche 911s yep. or, I'm, or I'm, anything else. I'm glad you clarified that, Phil, because apparently that's quite a difficult concept to grasp <laughs> for some people. <laughs> Someone says things that... Oh, what was that? Oh, I can't remember. I'll, if it comes, if, if it, if it comes, comes back, back to me, I'll let you know. But it was something like... Someone was praising a player, and I thought, "Oh, um, there's a gag there because of his other interests." I can't remember who it was now. Oh, it was like, it was an Irish fly half. No, it, it was wasn't. About, it, it wasn't. Was, it was talking about it was talking about how great a fly half um, Paddy Jackson has been. No, it wasn't. Uh, it, it wasn't. It wasn't, mate. It wasn't. It was something else, and I can't remember what it was. It was along those lines. Of, anyway, doesn't matter. We'll come back to it. So overall, on the England, um, I'm Tim. I'm probably in a similar place to you, where I'm. I'm I'm optimistic that England, this England team, can beat anyone in the world on the right day. I just, I don't, I don't think they will be able to to do it um, repeatedly to win, get anywhere near winning a World Cup. It's the hope that kills you, boys. It's the hope that yeah. kills you. Yeah, um, it, it, still, it still does concern me that a position as important as scrum half, I haven't got a clue what three scrum halves are going to go to a World Cup. Oh, I think I know. I think I'm very confident in two of them. Well, I I think it might only be two. Because well, this is what Eddie did last time, didn't yeah. he? I think he's going to go with um, JVP MVP. And he's going to go with Rafi. I think Ben Youngs is going to travel. Maybe he'll go with three then. I know. I think I think he'll go for two. I think, it, I think, it's, I think it's Ben Youngs and A Another. I, I, I think that A Another could be Rafi, but... Rafi's had too many injuries recently. Yeah, that is true. Um, true. It could be Ran- Randall, but uh, it could be it could Randall be. Randall doesn't seem to JVP got the rub of the green with Eddie. Really, he, he did in uh, he did in the Six yeah. Nations though. Yeah, 
Interesting, that one. No, JVP to come on, uh, play so well. I just think that in the same way that Danny Kerr's test career is now over, I, I think that this is re- this will really launch J- JVP. Potentially. His, uh, his box kicking is exceptional. Yeah. 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 And you know, they love that. Which is such a basic skill for a scrum half. In fact, I happen to know um, that when Leicester are assessing their scrum halves, it's one of the things that they prize most highly. They, they measure the hang time. And basically, they, 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 they will test their scrum halves on how both the hang time and how close they can get it to a very small target in a repeated skill Mm. Um, measurement and that uh, even before speed, anything else, that's the thing that they value I wonder, highest. I wonder what they saw in um, Richard Wigglesworth, which really <laughs> really appealed to them. <laughs> that that is that is moneyball stuff. Because if that's the stat that yeah. you're, if that's the the most important stat, it doesn't ma- it won't matter when when uh, Wigglesworth is sixty five. He'll still be able to put a box kick on the money. Exactly, exactly. It doesn't go, does it? Because it's not, <laughs> it's not. And it, as an explosive movement, as a standard outhand kick, that's a really explosive movement. So you could see that sort of declining as you got older. Box kicking, it's more about the accuracy, mind you. You've got to you've got to have the hang, you've got to have the hang time. The hang time is pretty difficult. Is is important, but yeah, you don't want it you, with a box kick. It's not like your um, Elliot Daly trying to or Geordie Barrett trying to slot one from the ten meter line inside your own half. Yeah, you are not putting every single ounce of strength you can into that kick. It is more about the accuracy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I suppose equally, if you've got like a, a 13-year-old who's a quite a promising scrum half, just if, if you're having to choose, do I spend an extra hour in the gym or an extra hour doing kicks, get the bag of balls, do that repeatable skill again and again and again, thousands and then, of times. And then get back in the, back in the gym. Yeah. yeah. Just to look good so that when you do make it, you can Work on up. your arms. Exactly. <laughs> beach weights. Yeah, loads of beach Who would you rather look like? Um any of the England scrum halves or uh, Maxime Machineau. Oh I, no, I was going to go with um, Machineau is Hugard. Woo hoo ha! Oh yeah, for, hoo ha would be. There's calves, have, mate. Yeah. If you look like hoo ha, you'd have oh, fun. But if, I'd rather look like Machineau. If you want calves, there is only one scrum half on the planet. Oh, yeah. well, yes, Takalua. Takalua. Takalua's calves are next level. They are They're incredible. Apparently, sprinters have got very short calves. Really? Yeah, I was listening to a podcast about this the other day. Very compact, short calves. That's quite interesting because when you think about Usain Bolt, actually his legs very, very thin, and his his calf muscles right up the top of his leg. Mm. Mm. Yeah, we'll have to do more. We'll have to have a more in depth calf chat. Actually, maybe maybe put it, put it on a Patreon yeah. or calves maybe... don't get calves. Sort of, I'm all about the quads with the legs. You know this. Yeah, I, I'm aware of it. And I think that quads look their best when the socks are pulled right up. Which is why I like socks pulled up, not socks down by the ankles. Yeah, but but, but maybe calves don't get the attention they deserve. I tell you what, I've seen in CrossFit recently, and I'm, I'm tempted to get a pair. Um, the weightlifting shorts, which are they're not quite cycling short tight, but they're not far off it, and oh, they are about mid about mid thigh. Oh no, don't do it, mate! Please, why I'll, do it? I look I look awesome, mate. Yeah, do it. Yeah, thanks, Phil. Definitely are they are they, are they are they lycra skin tight? They're not quite lycra skin tight, but they're okay. not far off it. Mm. They're not far off it. I thought, oh, no, right. you're talking. Does, does, it come in camouf- does it come in camouflage? 
Uh, no, I've seen these in bright orange, which really appealed to me. Bright orange, but yeah, I'm all about ca- I'm all all about ur- uh, yeah. urban camo. You 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 either wear camo or bright orange. Oh yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> do, do you want to be seen or not? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what really gets me. Have you ever seen American hunters in camouflage but with high vis vests? Yeah. What yeah. on earth are they thinking? They're worried about their uh, hunting buddies shooting them. Yeah. The, what can can deers not see orange? <laughs> What on earth? We have um, in our gym a camouflage wall ball, which the actual notion of that is ridiculous, isn't it? Why do you not want to see the... The thing that's coming towards your head. The nine kilogram thing (laughs) falling. Why do you not want to see that? (laughs) um, Right. uh, uh, Just just, just to finish England on the attacking front, it was was nice to see Marcus Smith have a moment, having said he hasn't quite ruled the roost, albeit it was a, a sort of very Marcus Smith moment, spontaneous, rather than you know, incredible coached move or anything like that. But nevertheless, it was nice to see him have a significant contribution yeah. at I, that level. Now, I, I was I was surprised at his wheels. Yeah, I was as well. Cause, and his physicality, to be fair. He made like, one great hit on Corabetti. He, he, I think his physicality, he, he did put a good shot on um, Corabetti, but overall, he is... I think he's been bounced off too many tackles. Yes, and and sorry, that's a relative statement. Yeah, he did make one good hit, but overall, and actually, actually, I was thinking watching the game, comparing him to George Ford, mm. who's probably a similar stature bloke. There's probably not a huge amount in it. Ford concedes yards when he um, defensively when he makes tackles. But he, he Ford, I think, has a much higher completion rate than Marcus Smith. Yeah, so Ford right will concede five yards, but bring the, the guy down. Marcus Smith will too many times on this toy has been bounced um, and not completed the tackle. Yeah. Now yeah. whether whether that's whether that's entirely his fault or whether the guys around him, uh, inside and out, whether back row, um, need to identify when. Rob Liotta or Valentini or some, one of these boys or Taniela Tupu is charging at him and not leave Marcus hanging out to dry. Yeah. We need to talk about the, 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 the England centres because I've got things to say. <laughs> yeah. I think Eddie Jones has made a bit of a, master, a, a, mas, a masterful call with Porter. I think Porter is here to stay. Interesting. So he, he's, he's not done very much in these two games. That, that's why he's here to stay. So I think oh, they're always looking for that big difference maker, the guy who, you know, like March is a fabulous player. Uh, Slade is super talented. Porter reminds me of so many of the lads that England have overlooked in the past who just do basic jobs and have gone on to do great things in, in, in other nations. Chris Harris, mm-hmm. that kind of guy. I think they really are going to need a nice, steady, reliable guy that does the, nut, does the nuts and bolts, uncomplicated. And I said this before, when they get really good, they can have the good good golf clubs like Slade and Marchants, Marchants or whoever it is. But I, I think Porter is really important. Did you see Farrell gave Porter some stick um, when he handed over his cap last week, his first cap? No, I did not. He said, he's quite funny, he gave him stick for um, joking that he is picking up an English accent now. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's always for, formative years in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, now, as for Farrell, um, yeah, he's he's not going anywhere. But he is the twelve. England have got to, got got to accept that. Of the six twelves that played in the games, South Africa game, New Zealand game, Australia game, how would you rank them? Like, who would be, where, where, who would you 
pick Farrell ahead of in all the starters? In those in those games. In those games, yeah. Um I'd have him ahead of Bundy. Aki. I'd have yeah, him, I'm, I would. I, I'd have him ahead of Havili. Yeah, same. Uh I would have him ahead of Tompkins. Never. Agreed. Never. Uh and probably not Dialande. No. And not Karevi. No. Probably. And, and not Bendiaki. Bendiaki was essential to beating the All Blacks. Uh, he, he was on the bench in the second game, wasn't he? Third game, though. He was yeah, very third, good. third yeah, game yeah. he started. But no, I, I would have Farrell over Bundy. I mean, it does. It goes back to the point earlier um, by our very astute listener. It depends what you want. But um, I, I would have I would have Farrell. Yeah, I, I'd love to see him go 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 back to 10. Maybe put him third in the world then, as, well, as of inside yeah. fourth. Fourth, because I'd also have Esther Hazen ahead of him, like country <laughs> mile, um, and well, Henshaw. And you'd also have, um, yeah, and, and you'd have um, Jonathan Dante or Gail Ficou, whoever was playing oh, there for France. Both of those two. Yeah, yeah, he's got a long way to play. He's, and he's, Sam Burgess, of course. Yeah, I mean he is, and Ben Tail and Mark Atkinson. Yeah, I would actually have Mark Atkinson <laughs> there. I knew you would. So like, I, he was struggling to get into the top ten, twelves. In the world, but you know, Eddie be Eddie, you, sure. you do you. <laughs> uh, can we? Can we? Best thing, yeah. Go, go on, Phil. Can we go on to the the South Africa Wales game? Yeah, I, I just very very briefly. Oh, yeah. then, I just want to touch on an email from Miles Burley. Contact Chases at gmail dot com. And in amongst his email, he just says because it kind of ties in with what we're talking about how how it moves forward. So just I'll just ask you. Let's not go into too much depth. I'll just ask you the, some of the questions. Said, will Youngs slash Randall be the two scrum halves again? Nope. I I think so. I think no, but I I fear that Youngs will get called up. Yeah, agreed. Uh, is Don Brandt back as first choice eight uh, with Simmons on the bench? Nope. I think I think Billy has done enough this this season, uh, and and in these particular second and third games, Billy has I think is absolutely rehabilitated. Uh, his reputation. I, I don't know to what end because with me, he never needed to do that. I think it, maybe he had a small dip after the breaking of arms and whatnot. But I think he's been great for the back end of the season. I think he's been great in this tour. In lots of ways, he's England's most effective, effective player. I just can't see how they live without him. Yeah, I I think so as well. And I, I I do think um, I think I think he did dip a little bit, but I think he is playing some of his best rugby. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, and we know where JB stands on this one, so I'll just ask Phil the final question. Is Porter never to be seen again with Slade coming back? I think... I would... I would. My in- intuition says, yes, that is correct. However, I could I could see him being used again. Although I, I think... I'd, I, I'm struggling to, to think of, from the, from the two games that he played in, I'm struggling to think of many, if any, significant interactions, forwards or backwards, that he made. Yeah. Just keep him there. Keep him there. That's, that's not slight on Porter. I, I, I like him. I think he's a good player. But I just... It's it's hard to th- it's hard to think of the, the thin slices that say, yes, that is why he will be there yeah. going forward. I can't think of them. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, nice one, Miles, for that email. Appreciate it. And and also, before we j- just move on, not about England, but just generally, um, I do slightly... I, I know we've been treated to a load of deciders on the one weekend, but if that was the last time we will see 
three test tours, I I do more than that fact. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes and no. Uh, prior to the test being played, I, I was on the fence. Like, do I really need to see three tests back back to back after a mammoth season? The answer is yes. I really did. Yeah, I really, really needed I, that in my life. I didn't realize I needed it, but I did. And I loved them. And I, I would, I would embrace if it does get changed. But I have absolutely loved these. And it, and it is like having the the two island um, midweek games against the Maori All Blacks and being able to reminisce about uh, England versus the Crusades in 2014. Yeah. Like that, yeah. some of that stuff is really, really cool. Um, I, the 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 counter to it would be, I do want to see more of. Um, England versus Georgia, or, or England versus Fiji, or England versus Europe. Like the, the teams that are, um, or England versus Samoa after they won the uh, Pacific Nations Cup yeah. this weekend, beat in Fiji. A um, bit more of that, I would like. There is also another element to this. I, you know, sometimes we feel very negative about rugby, and I, I think you've got to. Well, certainly, I, um, I found it hard to um, really work out where rugby is at in the Southern Hemisphere. Because it's just horror story after horror story, isn't it? You know, there's no league, and there's a different shape of league, and then the you know the South Africans leave, and you know, it just always seems in, in utter turmoil. I thought it was awesome to see uh, all three nations f- filling out. Well, I don't think Australia filled out their stadium, but certainly um, uh, New, uh, New Zealand did, and it was great to see big crowds in South, South Africa. Yeah, love that. Yeah. Um, I was going to go on to Wales, South Africa. Not necessarily the game in a huge I amount of detail, but um, uh, a seventh Springbok is questions. A seventh Springbok got a hundred caps in this game. Yeah, the guy who they think is the best Springbok of all time, Evan Etzbeth. Etzbeth. Yeah, you, can, we had that. He had his name up in fire. Yeah, yeah. it was so tin pot. It was so tin pot. <laughs> um, can you name the other six? John Smith. Schmitty, yeah. yeah. Um, um, would it De Villiers? Which which De Villiers? All of Peter, them. Uh, not Peter. Um, uh, what's his face? Centre outside. Well, centre. What was Jan, what, Jan, Jan De Villiers? John. John, John De, De Villiers. Villiers. John. Yeah. John. John. Um, not not uh, Beast wasn't one, was it? Beast was Ooh, one. That's a good um, one. Tata, um, Tata, um, Tawarir. Him. Oh, I Beast. With the Beast. W and R's. Yeah. The same with uh, Ratuni uh, Rawa. Yes. I really struggle with that. Uh, Tell it, yeah, Beast. Beast was 117. He's uh, third on the all-time list. Uh, Vicky Matfield. Victor Matfield, number one, 127 oh. caps. Oh, what about what's his face? Baki's Bota. Uh, he is, I think, he's number 11, 85 caps. So, Han, uh, how, how many are there? Oh, Six. Habana, Habana, Habana. Yeah, number two, 124 caps. So, what we? Uh, you have got. Only one. You got five of the six. Oh, okay. So it was six. We got hundred caps. So the last one is uh, seven. Edgebeth is um, was the seventh. Seventh, right? So the last one will be Scout Burger. Uh, Great shout. That is a good shout. He's eighty-six. He's tenth on the list. Uh, so he's a modern well, he's, player. He's the guy that's played in in one two one. Is it okay? Is it the who's the guy? Is that fullback? Monet Stain. Yeah. No, no, not Mornay Fran- Stain. Francois Stain. You're thinking Franz Stain. Uh, Franz Stain is about number 16 or 18, something like that. Is it Percy Montgomery? Uh, 
Percy Montgomery, yes! 102 caps. Nailed that one. Very happy with that. Very, very happy. And the most points for anyone with over 100 caps with 893 test points. Yes. Percy Brilliant. Montgomery, such a cool player. And one of the coolest players ever to pull on a Dragons jersey. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what I was about to say. Exactly what I was about to say. Can you what believe... What doing there? I used to see him because um, I was living in Bath and... Um, it's obviously something he did every now and again, but I quite often see him in the home section of the John Lewis at uh, Cribs Causeway. Wow. <laughs> wow. Obviously where he went. That's where he got his kicks when he was living in Newport. Just head over the bridge to... Civilization. To yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so I've, I've not seen this game because uh, I was camping. Um, however, it seems to have gone as... As expected? Yeah, Is that, I'd is say that kind so. of fair to say? Yeah. Yes. But I think it's also fair to say, as expected within the new parameters. Oh, well, as expected going into the tour, this would be kind of what we'd expect. No, 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 I disagree with that. Okay. So going into the tour, I would have expected yeah, 20 maybe, to 30 point losses. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's been uh, a bit um, unfair on South Africa going yeah. into it. So... Now, having seen them play, obviously they've won a game, which is phenomenal. Yep. Our first test was great. Um, and this did go according to plan, which is South Africa were the better team. They overwhelmed them, 15 points difference, but they put on one hell of a fight. Mm. One hell of a fight. And I think that's the, that's, that's the biggest takeaway. I, I don't know if this Wales team will be, will be able to sustain that level of performance to the next World Cup. I just don't know. Well, it's, I think it's more within a World Cup. To, to Phil's point about England, I think you apply the same thing I to think, Wales. It's you have to do it seven times. I think that's a great point. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's. In fact, I think that is the key point. Too, yes, which is yeah. Everyone's first fifteen are good. What is it like after that? And it's well, just not obvious that they're that good. And that, that's kind of my point to England before. I think England can beat um, can beat anyone in the world, but I would. Against the best teams in the world, I would expect them, and I include Ireland, France in this, I'd expect them to win maybe one out of five. Mm. And if you're expecting to have seven coin flips when the, the the coin is stacked against you with odds of one in five, you're never going to, you're never going to do yeah, it. Exactly. Uh, excuse me. Scrum dog. Come, come, come. We'll be Sit. We'll be an ambushed there hound. Good boy. I think, um, well, let's just, just firstly deal with Wales. I think... Some some real positives they can they can take back. Like I say, I was fearing handy victories for South Africa in all three games. Yeah, and I did not think before the tour that Tommy Rafael would be. And I thought he could do a decent job, but I didn't think he would take to Test rugby as instantly as he has done. He's been brilliant. So, and Will Rowlands actually has filled a, a void which Wales really need, and mm. he's, he he was brilliant as well. Yeah. But I think. And and they are just hard, hard men that are very hard to beat. And I think when you look at what South Africans are saying after the game, it's kind of one of the best challenges that anybody has brought to them in recent memory on South African soil. Yeah, I completely agree. The Lions included. I think Dan Bigger's leadership has been monumental. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, this. Isn't it amazing that it's basically Sam Warpson's back row from... God knows what, eight, 10 years ago? Lydia. Lydia and Falatau. I mean, it would have been Lydia and Falatau again if it wasn't for a late 
um, a late pull out just just before kickoff. I mean, those those guys are absolute warriors. Uh, I thought, I think everyone thought Lydiate's days playing for Wales were up, but no, look at him go. I was certain they were. I, I, playing I think I said this before, stop. three or four years ago, I was certain that was it. Yeah. So they played. Um, Wales played all forty-two players in their squad. Did they? Yeah. Wow. Knowledge. Yeah. So it was, it was a, a great. Uh, it was one of my one of my favourite games of of the day. Actually, in fact, it might have been my actual fa- favourite game of the day. You, you didn't watch uh, USA v Chile then? I did not see that. No. Oh, did, man, did, that was immense. Did you watch it? Oh, highlights, but yeah, it was uh, immense. Yeah. Um, on South Africa. I really like Dave. Is it Damien Will? Is it Williams? Williams. Williams. I think he's great. Yeah, I think he is a world world class player. He does absolutely everything for him. Super important. Moves to fullback. Moves to fly half. Played centre in this in this last game. Um, he's, an, just, he's an important number twenty three in the squad. I agree. No, he's a starter. Starter all, all day long. He gets him out of so many holes. It'd be interesting no, just, to see what I, they I think, do with yeah. him and Billy Larue. So I, I, three I years love ago, Billy Larue so was, was so crucial mm. to what they did, the way they played. And he still is now, actually. He still is now because he brings, you know, they bring him on. He can tra- he can change a game. He, you know, he, he he does a lot of things things South Africa, but so does um, Will Elmsy. <laughs> Will Elmsy. Will Elmsy. Yeah, I think he's brilliant, uh, particularly <laughs> if they are playing with Andre Pollard, who. Does not look like he can pass a ball. <laughs> but you, you don't need a second playmaker. You, well, like <laughs> you just need you do need one though. Yeah, he <laughs> yeah. They play with one playmaker. And he's not a fly half. Like, Pollard went over again. I, I'm serious when I say this. I am confident Pollard has got more tries than any other fly half from a crash ball. <laughs> more than Butch James. Yeah, I think so. More than what was who was the uh, high high Moina. The, uh, Kelly Heimerina, yep. The um, Kiwi Italian. He was chap. a real crash ball tan. He, he, was about, yeah, he, j- he was about 115 kilos. So, he was like the same size and shape as Ellis Genge. Did you see the first try that Pollard scored? Uh, no, I did not. It was so interesting. And it's interesting because this is it's not a criticism. Um, I think most fly halves are looking up, trying to find the player to pass, trying to find the gap. And he's so adept at sort of, I say crash ball, but it's more of like a sneak between players. He's really good at it. And I, you know, go on his highlights and look at his tries. They're all the same sort of try. He's got this skill of being able to weasel through two defenders <laughs> and score. So instead of looking up, he's just looking looking for the gap. And then he calls the ball. Like, oh, I wonder what wonder what he's got got on here. Straight straight through. Nice. So yeah, it's a little observation on uh, Pollard. Pollard. That's, that's what, this is what uh, Leicester fans can expect next year. I don't know what Leicester fans are going to get, get get from this guy. It's going to be fascinating. Uh, number twenty-two shirt. Yeah. I, I, unless you're South Africa, I can't see how you build a team <laughs> around this guy. He's so different. Freddie Burns. Build it around Freddie Burns. Yeah, build it around Freddie Burns, and then Pollard can play when exactly? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, so, oh, just just um, a quick update. I've just looked into it, and it's um, uh, uh, USA will be playing in their repechage a tournament with where well, it looks like the team most likely to challenge them for a place at the Rugby World Cup next year is Portugal. I expect it to go down to a repechage final between USA and Portugal. I hope mm. Portugal were in. No, no. Did, did, oh, was it Romania got in? And is it Romania in and Portugal? I can't remember. 
Spain, Spain's tran- transgressions. It's it's Spain, Hong Kong, someone else, and Portugal. Well, Spain are in, in the, the are in the repertoge. No, Spain aren't in the repertoge. Oh, sorry, not Spain. It's Portugal, Portugal, USA, Hong Kong, and someone else in the repertoge. Okay. What? Yeah. Mm. And uh, do we have a location for the repertoge yet? No, I'm trying to find that out. Come on, be Barcelona. Why can't it be Barcelona? That would be good. Wouldn't it just? Although, Barcelona in winter. Mm. Yeah, but we, we did... Um, oh, yeah, we did... Mar- so, Marseille was terrible in winter. Awful. But Rome was brilliant in... Rome. Because yeah, it, was, it was autumn, wasn't it? Yeah, Rome is wonderful in in that weather. It just it just is. Yeah, let's let's hope for Rome. Has, have you got any advances on, on Rome, Tim? No, Rome sounds good to me. If it's there, I'm, I'm all in. Yeah. Uh. So they don't they don't have a look at it must have a look, must have a stadium booked. Final qualification tournament. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Ah, here we go. Four teams will be Kenya, USA, Kenya, Por- Portugal, it. and then Tonga and, and Hong Kong need to play one another. Oh wow. Oh okay. In order to qualify. So so Tonga are gonna win that game to get to the World Cup. Well, to get to the repechage. And then so it's no, no, one... no, no, that's the no the winner goes to the World Cup, the loser goes to the repechage. Ah, ah sorry, okay. That makes so sense. So it will be so it will be Hong Kong. Yes. Oh yes, my God! But right. imagine if Tonga do lose that. Imagine if they lose that, and we are treated to the repertoire of Falau and Co. Yes. Now Falau, that is it. P- Pietau. Oh, now that is exciting. Yeah. So we just hope we do. We hope that Tonga lose this next game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that but, there no, but, then, but there are no. There are no details. We know it's in November. Brilliant. We don't know, and it'll be in a round robin format. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, same, what do we do? Just time. are we just on standby in in November? <laughs> we just clear our diaries, ready to go, pack a bag, yeah. perfect. Yes. And then World Rugby will announce the secret location. They've got World Rugby. We've got four games going on, really important games with interesting teams. Nobody knows where they're playing. Uh, yeah, November. Oh, hold on, the final qualification will be hosted at a go neutral on. venue in Dubai. What? Interesting. Uh, dupes apparently so the well I mean that's handy for it I know because it's, it's in the season I was going to say that's where rugby players go for their weeks off yeah and I guess more often than not with all the southern hemisphere teams coming to Europe in November Dubai's quite a nice little stop off works well for them yeah climate's good in November <sighs> interesting interesting hold those <laughs> thoughts right any more, any more um, action-related thoughts from the weekend? Um, Scotland lost. I've uh, not seen any of this. No. Scotland, Scotland conspired to lose. They, they let a 15-point lead go. Oh, goodness me. Yeah. Mm. And it was, was it uh, a fairly try and conversion at the end? Yeah, but stole a try uh, and a conversion. It was a really exciting game, was it? 33-31 in the end. But Scotland to lose from there, like, oh, man. Oh, but the, yeah. atm- the atmosphere, it, that place was bouncing at the end. I bet. Um, if, have you seen Ali Price kind of lose his mind a little bit and Finn Russell's brilliant response I online? S- I saw his... Um, <laughs> something like, um, wouldn't it be great if um, someone came to your workplace and analysed 80 minutes of your, your day, particularly if that someone has no idea what what they're doing and has never done it before. <laughs> and Finn, Finn Russell's brilliant response underneath is calm down mate 
Why, who um, who upset Ali Price then? Oh, it's just people on it's like, keyboard he warriors. Made, he made the mis- he made the mistake of looking on Twitter. Yeah. Oh dear, poor poor Ali Price. Poor Ali Price. Congratulations, Argentina. Pumas. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good. You should definitely check out the highlights of that. Yeah, you know, I will do. And good for Argentina as well, who have had a rocky few years. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. You, well, look at, again, look when you look to the World Cup, those sides could go to quarterfinals. One of them could go to a semi final, but they're not mm. doing any more than that. Yeah. Yeah. They can't, yeah. They can't get uh, one in five um, seven times in a row. Yeah. Agreed. The odds just don't work. No. There we go. That's it. We're all done. We're all done. So um, there'll be another podcast in your feed because we're so nice. Yeah. So uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. This, it's, quite, it's quite an interesting one. Just to just to finish on a, on a, on Ian Foster. Have you seen his 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 historic? He's a history maker himself. Have you seen this one <laughs> in the rounds? Uh, no. Uh, I can Ian Im- Foster. Oh, go on. Well, I'm just thinking. Um, there was all these similar things to what I imagine we're going to get when. Um, under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, kind of Manchester United set all these records for most losses in the Premier League, most losses against... Oh, no. Like, just things like that. So it, it's going to be something along those lines. Yeah, well, he is uh, the first coach to lose to Argentina. Yeah. <laughs> first to lose at home to Ireland. Yeah. Uh, led them to the worst ever world ranking. Can you believe that? Fourth is the worst world <laughs> ranking the All Blacks have ever had. Wow, it's quite amazing, isn't it? Yeah. That is that is quite amazing. First coach to lose back-to-back games in Europe since 1935-36. What? <laughs> These are ridiculous, ridiculous things. Um, 2021 was only the fourth time in history that they've lost to three different teams in a calendar year. Wow. wow. And the first time in, in over 20 years. Uh, 50% win rate in 2020 was one of the worst years ever for the All Blacks. The only worst ones were uh, were, were they, when they only played six games in 1949. <laughs> God. Um, yeah, and and the list goes on. Yeah, yeah. ridiculous. History! That, that, guy, that guy's in trouble. Yeah, I I can't I can't see them getting rid of him. Not Not now, not ahead of the World Cup, but... Maybe maybe that's what they need. Oh, um, Tok H quickly, Tok H preseason. Oh yes, the bit everyone has been waiting for. Yeah, we the boys were back. The boys yes. were back. Good turnout. Yeah, uh, we had well over forty on Tuesday. Awesome, and um, very few lads who don't look to me like they're at least second team. So do you know when you come to preseason, you have loads of you have such a range of players. Mm. I think the the big difference this year is they all look like they like they can play. So that that's good. Um, Are you doing two two sessions a week? Yep. Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, Tuesday, Thursday. Sorry. Yeah. So our plan is to do two Have sessions. We changed it then. No, or, or we always do two sessions a week until the pre change. Yeah, pre season. Yeah, because we have our because we, we change at our ground. But also the theory is we'll get everything installed that they need to know by software update. Software update. Re- uh, as as American fo- fo- football teams call it, installation. Mm. And then once the installation is done, they will just get on to one day a week refreshes which is exactly the way all amateur teams should train but you know don't do it I, I prefer if they did their own thing did you give the boys a good beasted good fitness test 12 minutes of 12 minutes of Malcolm's okay yeah. now are you familiar with, with the Malcolm um I 
I seem to remember you telling me about them before. It's a running exercise, isn't it? Yeah. Are you familiar with with Malcolm's Tim? You must be. Is it, is it just it's like out to a line, down and back, isn't it? Yeah. So you you start on your chest. You jump up to your feet, unsurprisingly. You then run to a line, which I dictate, usually about five metres. Down, back onto your chest. You turn around, run back past where you started to an, an another line five metres beyond that. On your chest, back up, and in the middle. That would be one Malcolm. So you can do them in sets of one, two, and three. So what we do is we you get them doing, doing the Malcolms. And the first two or three is to work out the speed of the entire group. And as they do them, if you are faster than the man to your left, you move to your left. So eventually you sort of have the fastest guys on the left, so this guy's right on, uh, on the right. And then you can... And does anyone sandbag it to make life easier later on? Well, this is how we do it, right? So we do it by a, like a, a cap and a collar. So the fastest, the fastest Malcolm might be 17 seconds or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. The slowest Malcolm might be 20 seconds. So the first people have to finish within 20. Sorry, yeah. Sorry, within 17 and it can't go on any longer than 20, or we do that rep again. So the whole squad has got, broadly speaking, a work rate. And if you think that the they're not working hard enough, you just up the cap or, uh, cap or the collar. Mm-hmm. So it, it does. it's very, very good at working the entire squad. So we do about 12 minutes of that. Uh, have you ever played One Touch? Uh, <laughs> played One Touch, One Bounce. No, One Touch. It's a great game. So full, full pitch, playing touch, say... Tennis side, something, something like that. If I touch you, you put the ball down immediately, and then you have to run back to your try line where you can regather and defend. I have to pick up the ball, and all of our team have got to get the ball through our hands, and then then we we can play. And then as soon as we get touched, we put down the ball, and then so, so it ends the, up. The defender has got to run back to the try line. Nope, the attacker. Yeah, it's one touch. You only get one touch in possession. Say, say that again, sorry. So you're running towards me, you've got the ball. The, the bit with the passing is where you lost me. Yeah. So, so you swap over, the team swaps possession. Yeah, as when soon you're as t- you're touched, it's a turnover. Okay. Right? But then you have to run, you put the ball down, you've got to so run the, the to your try-line. The person who was attacking is, now becomes a defender. But the, yeah, you've all got to get to your try-line first. And you yeah. can only defend when all. everyone's there. All of all. you. And then you can advance at the pitch. Meanwhile, the attacking, the new attacking team, who've just turned, turned the ball over... You have to pass the ball through every set of hands before you can go forward. Okay. So, really, what you want to do is get the, ha- the ball okay. through the hands yeah. whilst the opposition team are still running back and yeah. attack yeah. one of the corners. <clears throat> it just ends up in you doing miles and miles of well, I've played a variation. Lengths. Yeah, variation yeah. on that where the defender, every time you make a tackle as a defender, you then have you to retreat. Back. You go yeah. back and then you can't come back in until you've been around the post. So. Tell you what, it's brutal. Playing touch like that touching um, but making the whole defensive team do a burpee every time that they make a touch <laughs> yeah up and down up and down up. Yeah. it's amazing how, how how tiring that yeah that gets that's good fitness oh yeah, yeah. you should come do CrossFit Phil if you like burpees do you like burpees do you like CrossFit I, I quite like burpees I'm not sure I'm CrossFit Phil loves Phil loves burpees I can, I, I can attest to this if you, if you want to um, if you want to rip your shoulder to bits doing <laughs> Ridiculous kipping pull-ups. Come do CrossFit. So, yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I refuse to do kipping pull-ups. Never, never going to do them. No problem. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think we're done. We can talk about CrossFit. That's the international sign. The podcast is over. Talking. Of, hey, shall we invite on a guest for the next podcast? 
Maybe we should use it as an opportunity to showcase uh, Growing... grass, grassroots yeah. podcasts. Yeah, some... only, only if he's got something to shamelessly flog <laughs> on our channel. Then yes. Yeah. Well, look, we'll we'll, we'll see if we can get someone um, a, a smaller podcast on someone that we think needs a little bit of a, a little bit of a spotlight put on put on what they're doing because there, there, you know, there is more. It's largely thought there's only one rugby podcast, mm. which is us. But there are others out there, so I think you know it's no, there's no problem sharing that. You keep like I say, only, only I will only accept him on if you brief him or her, mm-hmm. that they or her, sh- that they have to shamelessly, shamelessly plug their new product. Yeah, yeah. Well, find out who it is in the next podcast. Beautiful. What, yes. what a tease. Although it's, it's probably yeah. Although it's probably in the title of, the, of this feed, so you'll already know. <laughs> right, gentlemen. Uh, Get yeah. well, get well soon, Tim. Ah, I'll be all right. Yeah, cheers, boys. Man it up. Let the boys play. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at fifty to eighty percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.